2: This is v Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on v the Sports Betting Network. Hey
3: everybody, welcome in v Final Countdown. I'm Ben Wilson in for Stormy Bonatoni. That is Matt Brown. Good to be back with you, Mateo.
4: I wish I could say the same.
3: I knew it would start right there. <laughs> Top of the show. Stephanie Kavrischak, our producer behind the glass. A lot to get to though for us today. <laughs> Julian Edlow of DraftKings to join us in our number one, Thor Nystrom to talk some college football in our two movement to the over Matt tonight. Jaguars jets. Who would have thunk it as the weather still apparently going to be bad in New York for the Jaguars jets Thursday night football game, but maybe not as bad as some thoughts.
4: I don't think it's going to be that bad really at all. I mean, it's going to be cold and there might be some, some rain and stuff like that. But like it, you know, we really get affected by the wind and like, it's going to be, Normalish wind, right? It's not getting to that threshold where we really start to worry about things. I was, I guess, I'll tell you what I was shocked about in this, and the thing that I was shocked about was when Trevor Lawrence got the official go-ahead, like mm-hmm. you, the word came out earlier today, like, not that there was any question of even paying attention, but you know how it goes. Like, it, until people get the official, official news, then, like, you know, that's when we see things move sometimes. Well, we get the Trevor Lawrence is going to go, which, by the way, he's been playing with his toe thing for the last three weeks as it is anyway, so it's mm-hmm. not a thing, but... We get the news he's going to go, and then it moves from the either point and a half to two or two to two and a half, depending on where the book was sitting at the time. And now it's two and a half across the board. And as we sit right now, one of the influential books not located here, uh, we'll just say in places that are far away even, places, yes, that, um, that works, yes, is, is two and a half, 120. So, like, I mean, this thing could be headed to three when it's all said and done. Um, very interesting to me that I don't get it. I don't get the line move. I don't really get any of all of this look it's no Mike White it is Zach Wilson it's a difference of about 75 to 80 yards a game in total offense when these guys depending on which quarterback is is on the field and then you take a look and I think people could look at Zach Wilson's stats last week and if they look at the surface level and see that he threw for 317 yards then they kind of missed the big picture that he was 51 percent completion percentage in the game that he was PFF's 21st graded quarterback of the week last week, right? I mean, like, that's that's where we're at. Right? I mean, he was mm-hmm. a bottom third guy, and it's it's just one of, those, it's one of those situations where I think a lot of people are looking at this and saying, okay, you know, it's outdoors, and it's going to be cold, and it's going to be rainy, and the Jags play in Florida, and that's going to work against him and all that. But really at almost every level other than the defensive line, Currently, right now, and of course, I mean Sauce Gardner just singularly in the secondary for the Jets, but not necessarily the secondary as a whole. The, the the Jags certainly, on the offensive side are better at every at every position. And then you look at the then you look on the defensive side, and yeah, the Jags defense isn't near what the Jets defense is. And Williams playing tonight is a big deal for them, mm-hmm. but um, you know, the defensive line big bonus there for the Jets. But look, the Jags team hadn't been running the ball a ton as it is anyway. Like in this winning stretch. Trevor Lawrence has been hucking it all over the field. Like he's been—that's—that's that's been his yep. game, you know. And if we look since week, let me see, what are we looking at? It is since week number ten. Trevor Lawrence is your number one graded quarterback in the NFL according to Pro Football Focus, and so that is ahead of Joe Burrow. That is ahead of Patrick Mahomes. All these guys that we say that are doing these awesome yep. things—it's Trevor Lawrence. That's the guy that has been throwing the ball better than anybody in the NFL right now. So, I—I I, I don't know. I mean, listen. I'll be wrong on this. I like the Jags. I ha- I liked it when it was an opener. I got a w- way worse number. I got plus one and a half. You can get plus two and a half right now. If this thing gets to the three, I'll probably come in and double dip again. And I, I took him in a teaser leg as well. So, I-, I don't know. I'm I'm against everybody in this one, I guess.
3: To me, market clearly not going to the Jets side because of Zach Wilson's presence. No. It's more that you have Quinton Williams, who was a full participant at practice yesterday on the defensive line. That matters for a Jets defense. It is top three in average yards per drive allowed and has been a very solid unit all year and the return of Corey Davis as a wide receiver. So you have to ask yourself, how much do you upgrade the Jets because of that? And is
4: it worth a move of basically a full point off the opener? Yeah, I mean, and that's the answer for me is no. Now there there was some bad news for the Jags in a sense, right? They they lost Cam Robinson for the season last week. He was their starting left tackle. That said, he was not playing very well at starting left tackle. So, I mean, it, it's 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 one of those things where it's like, okay, you never want to lose your left tackle, but he was playing but. pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, he was playing pretty bad. And so, it wasn't one of those deals where you're, you're losing one of these absolute stud left tackles or anything like that. I mean, look, I think it's a better coach team from a Jaguar standpoint as well. Certainly better playmakers from a Jag standpoint. I think it's just uh, you know again yeah, I'm willing to be proven wrong here in this game. I guess the other the, the my question to you if you look at this and this total as you mentioned is is fairly interesting right now as, as we low said, as 36. Yeah, 30 36 and a half predominantly across the the rest of the country right now. Um, if we think that obviously you're if if the money's coming in on the Jets then the Jets have to score points in this game because of my the if your conclusion is that. The Jets are going to just completely shut down this Jags team. That again, over the last six weeks, has pretty much been a truck, right on the offensive side. I think that's being a little short-sighted here. So you have to think that the Jets are going to have to score points in this game. If the Jets have to score points, do you really? What can Jacksonville come back with on the other right. side? I mean, I, I get the weather angle, but I think a lot of times we go a little too wacky with this weather uh, stuff see yeah buffalo like, new yeah. york yeah like, I, yeah, like <laughs> yeah i think we go a little too crazy with this with this weather stuff I'd like outside of the cleveland's cleveland game and maybe even the bears game outside of that i mean where it's going to be super super terrible i i, I think i probably lean towards you over here as well because i mean I, I think that the jags will be able to move the ball i don't think it's going to be just up and down the field this is a good jets defense but i they will find some success somewhere along the way and then and the the money is telling me that the jets are going to score as well. So I I don't know. I I think I have a a lean to the over there, especially
3: if the wind is not as bad as originally Mm -hmm. perceived combined with a pass, happy uh, Jaguar pass offense that should lead to more production from the offensive standpoint.
4: I've never been to the stadium, um, but people who have tell me for whatever reason, the way that it's built or where it's built, or I, I don't, I don't know, but like, the wind outside can be like 20, and it's more like eight in the state mm. in the stadium. Or so there's some reason for the way that the stadium is is built that the wind doesn't have as big of an impact down on field level. Again, I've never been there. Talking to you know, this is people who have sure. been there and, and all that. So this is all hearsay and third party stuff and all that. But uh, it's a it's an interesting interesting deal to me. I mean, I guess I'm willing to be wrong here. It seems like everybody is, is heading on the Jets side, but uh, I, I I like the Jags here.
3: Jets, uh, Jets, Jaguars up to, you know, you go eight and a half on a teaser leg.
4: And then where you're,
3: you're thinking about, okay, since week nine, we're looking at the last, uh, since week eight actually, so last seven weeks of data, if you're teasing any underdog from about plus one to three and a half against a team who's in the bottom half of the league in scoring, those individual teaser legs are mm-hmm. 19 and three.
4: Well, that's the thing here. Like I said, I I do have the Jags in a teaser. Like I played them with Buffalo. Now that that got into teaser range as well, that Buffalo game sitting eight, eight and a half, you can get them down to two, two and a half um, against the bears. I did play it in there. And it's like you said. So if you want to talk me into a, into a path in which the jets win this game, I can at least listen to you if you want to talk me into a way in which the Jets win this at margin, then you start to kind of lose me, I think, a little bit. The Jets really just aren't built to win at margin as it is anyway. You know, like Mm -hmm. that's just not really the way that this team is built and certainly not with Zach Wilson at quarterback. I mean, you have to factor in here that you're going to get – at least at least one turnover for the Jags in this thing because of Wilson doing something he shouldn't mm-hmm. do. So I mean, you're you're counting. You have to factor that into your handicap. You're praying it's not a pick six. You're praying it's not like a strip sack that goes for a touchdown or something like that. You're hoping it's just something, you know, uh, as as innocent as an interception could be, you know. But uh, you're you're going to get that in this game. And so, yeah, I'm I, I'm failing to see how a teaser leg here, if you don't want to play a straight side, how you would try to talk yourself off of and an eight and a half there with the Jets. Mm-hmm. The, the big reason why the 19
3: and three, that stat is what it is is because you have the lowest scoring margin since 1970, most games decided by seven or less in NFL history. At least the pace we're on for. Yeah. And it, it extrapolates out into a specific matchup like this. We have a very untrustworthy quarterback in Zach Wilson for the jets makes even with the weather, even with some concerns about going against a good jet defense mm-hmm. That's why for me it's really not much of a hesitation with the eight and a half.
4: And then you look, you look just are you looking further than last week, right? That even if the Jags at some point find themselves outside of the teaser range at some point in this game, I mean, I think you're fairly confident in this offense with the ability to get you either a catch up or a a garbage score or whatever it might be in all this. I mean, you look at last week. They get down, they need to score some points, they kind of change the way that they were playing, a little bit of change in pace as well and they were able to move the ball kind of at will and and, and score a bunch score a bunch of points. And so I think that's another thing to factor in here. If for whatever reason you see them down 10 or 12 or 13, you know, 10 or 13, something like that, I don't think you're really sweating it all that much until it gets really, really late in the game that they're not yeah. going to be able to, to, to formulate some sort of drive somewhere along mm-hmm. the way.
3: We'll have some prop discussion on this in our number two, at least for some of the other uh, headlines to start the show with. A lot of quarterback news today, Matt. It's funny, I, we opened the show saying, even though it was always known by reading the tea leaves that Trevor Lawrence of Jacksonville was going to get the start, the market still had an, a, yeah. a, a belated adjustment to that. Same thing can be said for Philadelphia, where the market got as low as four, four and a half yesterday with some of the smoke screens thrown out by head coach Nick Sirianni. But with the news confirmed this morning, Jalen Hurts out for Philadelphia in Dallas Once again, Matt, even though we pretty much knew Hurts would not play, that line still Went way back up to six before the inevitable buyback came. Now sitting at five or five and a half, pretty much market wide. And for as much as you hear the general discussion be, the NFL betting market is this uber, uh, you know, just uber consistent and really hard to beat market. It, the number this week has indicated it's, it's kind of been all over the place in some sense.
4: Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you want to back the, if you want to back the Cowboys, there's one four and a half still available rest of country. So that's going to go away. As we know, I mean, every, everywhere else is at five, five and a half. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's the one you want to take. If you do want to play the Cowboys in this one, uh, the one that they, the thing that was the most interesting to me, I think was maybe the lack of, maybe the lack of belief in a guy that has really has a pretty good track record and, Proven himself in this league. I mean, like you said, I mean, he got as high as six and a half. I didn't catch the six and a half. I did catch a six at least with the Eagles um, and and, and feel pretty good about that. I mean, it's a, it is a team in which I think there's a a misconception about, which is that you are drastically changing the offense from Minshew to Hertz. And yes, when this team is a power running team, it is certainly different with Minshew than it is with Hertz. There have been several occasions where they have gone past the least resistance and thrown the ball a ton yeah. and thrown for tons and tons of yards, and I think Minshew can have some success throwing the ball.
3: There's also a Leighton Vanderesh Esch angle we mm-hmm. should point out right after the break. Along with the news coming out of Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill, had he done for the year, that line, Houston and Tennessee, continues to crash. So a couple of big additional quarterback situations we'll look at when we return. We're just getting started here on VEASAN Final Countdown.
5: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find "Try This" from the Washington Post wherever you listen.
6: This is VSEN's final countdown with
2: Stormy Bonatone and Matt Brown on VSEN, the sports betting network.
3: Place up your cleats with BetRivers online sportsbook and gear up because it is college bowl season. Log into BetRivers every single game day and receive a bet on behalf of BetRivers when you place a wager of at least $25. BetRivers has all the latest odds, lines, and boosts to create the perfect college game day experience. Head to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today to get in on all the action. It's a whole new game. You bet an Air Force and uh, Baylor tonight? Yeah, no, no, no. No,
4: no. Really? No, Shocker to you. Shocker? No. I know it's it's a shocker to you. (laughs) I know. Armed
3: Forces Bowl. That's the one bowl game today. And I know Thor Nystrom will have some bowl plays. We have him coming up in our next hour. Julian Edlow joins us in about 15 minutes. Continuing, though, on the top headlines of the day in the National Football League, while so much is being talked about the change from Jalen Hurts to Gardner Minshew at quarterback for Philadelphia. Matt, the Cowboys are going to be without Leighton Van Der at linebacker, who's played 79% of the snaps this year. And you think about what a Cowboy defense has looked like the last three weeks. 27th in the league on an EPA per play allowed basis against the pass. In addition to their already woeful run defense, 24th in the NFL on the season in average yards per carry against. So you combine that now with the backup in Gardner Minshew coming in, 41 touchdowns to 12 interceptions in his career. How concerned would you be just with the Cowboy secondary now that has taken a big step back, now missing its key anchor in the middle, and maybe seeing Micah Parsons have to move into a lot of
4: different places on the field there for Dallas? And Philadelphia likely getting Dallas Goddard back this week as well, which is, yet angle, a, anybody? Yet, which is another big thing because, again, that's where Leighton Vander Esch lives is over the middle and kind of hawking over there in the middle. And now, now you have a guy that is a you know real uh, – when healthy a top five tight end in the NFL as far as uh, catching and playmaking ability, and he's going to be able to run the middle now without Leighton Vander Esch out there. The splits are pretty dramatic, as you mentioned, when him, when him, when he is on and off the field for the Cowboys. And so, I, you know, again, everything just keeps coming up Eagles for me here. Even with Minshew at quarterback, I mean, I know that it's, it's it, there is a downgrade. There's no doubt about that because mm-hmm. it does at least remove an element that you have. Like there will not be. While there are certain games in which they did go super pass heavy, there was at least a few design quarterback runs that were in there because that's what Jalen Hurts is really good at. Those obviously have to go by the wayside. But outside of that, I mean, if you look at Gardner Minshew, this is a guy who has 30 career appearances, 22 of which were starts. He completed 63.2% of his passes. He's thrown for over 6,000 yards, 41 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. Like, this is not, outside of the Jimmy Garoppolo backing up Trey Lance situation, this is the best backup situation yeah. in the NFL. And so you're putting in a guy who, by the way, in the offseason, you were paying as close attention as I was. We were sitting here on the desk and we were kind of mm-hmm. like getting all this, Supposedly had some teams that were inquiring about his services. Supposedly, you know, some of the teams thinking that used some of these retreads were at least kicking the tires to see if it made sense to bring him in as opposed to a a Mariota or a Matt Ryan or, you know, whatever it is. We were Things all surprised
3: like, to see him yeah, stay. Stay, for sure,
4: yeah. because it just, you know, once once they said, no, it's definitely hurts no matter what, we were kind of thinking, oh, well, the natural progression would be for him to go start somewhere, right? I mean, someone's yeah. going to bring him and start. So I'm just not uh, – I'm not completely buying in on, on this being just, you know, one-way traffic or anything for the Cowboys at all. I think the Eagles had the most complete roster in the NFL from the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball. When you look at all collectively, I think it's the most collective uh, – that there is out there. So for me, it's, I'm pretty bullish on the Eagles at a six. And I don't know if we'll get there again. I mean, the Cowboys obviously are a, very popular team for mm-hmm. people to bet on. It is a game in which we'll be in the afternoon slate. So like, you know, th- there's all of that. So maybe you get this thing back up to six, but I-, I I doubt it. I think people maybe came around a little bit and thinking there was some overreaction going on here. It's, it's happened multiple yeah. times. It was six back
3: to five yesterday, back to six on the official news hurts out now back to five, pretty much everywhere in the Nevada's jurisdiction. I understand what I'm about to say is a very small sample size for Carter Venture, but last year, even in his 60 to 70 snaps, only Aaron Rodgers had a better completion percentage over expectation and EPA per play combined than one Gardner Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't. I, I don't yeah. sample size, but yes. this I is mean, this is not this is not your, uh, your your Houston Texan backup situation or your Carolina Panther backup situation. It is it is so much different, and that's a big reason why you're seeing the market go towards Philadelphia. Uh, it's also not the Tennessee Titans backup situation, which is a downgrade from Ryan Tannehill to Malik Willis. And with Tannehill now ruled out for Sunday and possibly the entirety of the season, having to have uh, ankle surgery, market has moved. It was as high as eight in some shops. It was mostly sevens after opening between Houston and Tennessee. Uh, Titans, Texans line that down to a field goal. Yeah. I get that it's Malik Willis, who is a rookie quarterback, cannot has shown no ability to complete any forward passes to this point. But really, three for a Tennessee team that... Last time I checked, played Houston in the first meeting, and Derrick Henry could have picked a yardage he would have run for. Ran for, what, 217 in the first meeting?
4: Yeah, I mean, we have uh, two starts that we have from Malik Willis. He had 10 attempts, and he had 16 attempts. So we kind of have a pretty good idea of what the min-max is going to be in this. Like, he's going to throw it minimum, like, right at double digits, and he's maximum probably about 15, 16 times. They don't trust him to throw it much more than that. And again, against a Texans team in which you probably shouldn't have to throw it very much. As you mentioned, Derrick Henry he went crazy again against them the first time. Not only did he go crazy against the first time, basically any team against this Houston team has run the ball pretty successfully against this team. So, I mean, it's not a deal where we're looking going, well, Malik Willis is really going to have to step up in this situation. You know? it's <laughs> right. like, no, no, it's not right. that, right? It's like Malik Willis should try not to fumble when he turns around and hands the ball off to Derrick Henry 40 times in the game. You know, but uh in, in, in all seriousness, like Derrick Henry will likely get 25 to 30 carries in this game. Like I think it is very well within the the range of possibilities that he, you know, gets 30 carries in this game against a Houston team that just can't stop the run and so I get it that it's down to a field goal. I think it's probably about proper because again winning at margin when you just run so much is mm-hmm. a little heavy is a little is a little tough, but uh man, I know if, if you got a Houston, there was a look ahead at eight and a half. Like, I mean, if you got a Houston at eight yeah. and a half, you're feeling pretty good right now.
3: I would say so. It, yeah. And the
4: point to make on this game, it's not about
3: just the downgrade from Tannehill to Willis. That's mm. certainly a huge element, the biggest element, but look at the injury reports right now on Tennessee, Matt. Every single starting offensive lineman is either in questionable, yeah. limited in practice or already ruled out. And I'm, I'm looking at the depth chart. There was at least if you look at ESPN's depth chart, which go through the three deep, there's only one offensive lineman on the entire roster who is not either on IR, questionable, or out already this week. Yeah. So that, even if it's a bad Houston run defense that is bottom 10 in the league defending the run this year. You have to have a little bit of concern about Tennessee's offensive line if you are going to rely on Derrick Henry to the degree they're going to have to.
4: Yeah, we're just actually, as you just mentioned that, unfortunately, fortunately we're talking about this game, the, the official injury report did just come out. And so Nico Collins right. officially out as well for the Texans in this one. So we do have that going on for them. And then uh, offensive lineman Justin McCray listed as questionable. Chris Moore, who has been basically their de facto wide receiver one, listed as questionable. For them as well. Brandon Cooks also listed as questionable. So I don't even know who's going to be out there trying to catch anything. A lot of injuries there. Um, you did, though, as you mentioned. So Ben Jones and Nate Davis, uh, both guard and center there for the Titans. Both out. Both ruled out in this game. So yeah. there will at least be two-thirds of that line that is going to have to be um, rolled over because it was already one of the offensive linemen ruled out earlier in the week. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be... This is going to be a brutal game to watch. I mean, this is going to be just a terrible game to watch. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be brutal. I know 35 producer, and a half, man. You might as well play the under Steph, Steph like, check, our producer. Can't wait for
3: this game. Uh, Daily Brewer petite Frere, All, all questionable. Those are the mm-hmm. other, the other three starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And looking, I'm seeing it th- as far as our updated odd screen, everybody, there's one, one book still at 36 in the Nevada jurisdiction. Everybody has gone to 35 and a half and actually one book has touched 35, Matt. So uh, the, the Saints-Browns game that is the lowest total in uh, over a decade, uh, they're, they're maybe saying, hold my beer in Tennessee, and for entirely different reasons there. Uh, one other piece of injury news, we, we figured, based on the betting market, how the line had come down in Atlanta and Baltimore, and given the lack of information, no Lamar Jackson again at quarterback for the Ravens, but the bigger piece of information is the fact that Tyler Huntley, his backup dealing with a shoulder injury, Limited most of the week in practice is expected to get the start once again for Baltimore, but that has not stopped the betting market, Matt, from going squarely towards the Desmond Ritter, led Atlanta Falcons were inside a touchdown now six and a half basically everywhere.
4: Yeah, there's even a flat six. Um, there's even a flat six at FanDuel right now oh. um, out there. So there's there's been a lot of a lot of action on this. I mean, uh, Huntley is not any good. We know Ritter's not any good either. This is another one of those. It's a weather-ish game. I'm not going to go ahead and call it a full-on weather game, but it is a game in which it is going to be you know, pretty cold and and there will be some wind stuff going on. I mean, that's basically the whole area, right, the whole part of that country right now. Um, Duvernay also got put on IR, which I think probably plays into this at least a little bit as well because they've had no wide receivers to throw to all season. So now you take the one guy that – was forced to step up because they had nobody else. Now, DuVernay hits the IR. They have to go sign Sammy Watkins off the street to come in and just be a warm body, basically, to throw to. I mean, I think the only angle here for me in this one that I really am going to look at and the professor wasn't up earlier today, but I imagine as the day wears on, we will probably get closer to something like that. Uh, Desmond Ritter was locked on to Drake London in this mm-hmm. first start target him 11 times in the game, right? I mean, like, target him literally 11 times, and this is, like, one of those things where you have to just assume two rookies probably got a lot of time together, you know, in the in the offseason and, and whatnot. So, I don't know what his reception prop will end up being posted at, but one thing is for sure, he is going to get a lot of looks, and now Ritter might be all all kinds of errant right. with his throws and stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, listen, we're just... We treat too much with these props, we try to bet opportunity, right? I mean, that's what we're doing. We, it's We can't... We don't... We can't assume that the guy's going to catch the ball every single time, but like we just won't targets. You know, yeah. targets. Yeah, we won't targets. We won't targets. We won't carries.
3: Yeah. Think about J.K. Dobbins, running back, mm-hmm. no back uh, off the injury report for Baltimore too against a horrible Atlanta rush defense. <laughs> Up next, Julian Edlow from DraftKings. He stops by the show.
2: This is VSEN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatone and Matt Brown on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: College bowl season is here, and VEASAN has you covered. We have picked spreads and totals for every single bowl game. Head to VEASAN.com and check out all our bowl betting coverage while you're there. Now is a great time to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber for only $79. As you get access to everything we do from now through the big dance, visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe. I'm Ben, back in for Stormy with Matt Brown as we welcome in Julian Edlow from DraftKings onto the show right now. Uh, you know, Julian, Matt and I were just talking off air about this Cincinnati-New England line for this week. Yeah, Matt and Matt, we've both given ourselves like the quizzical looks here across, across the desk. Like, why is the number going towards New England? Uh, you're seeing a lot of books now down to Bengals minus three off the three and a half. Uh, what do you make of that line movement?
6: Yeah, and I'm looking at our splits now on DraftKings Sportsbook, which you guys know you can find that on the on the VEASAN website. Bengals have 85% of the tickets. 54% of the money. So the money is close to 50-50 on Drafting Sportsbook, and we're looking at like an 85-15 split on uh, who's taking which side here. It's one of those gross trap lines that I think a lot of sharp bettors are going to stay away from, or it seems as though some of them are even backing the Patriots. I, ca- I can't get there. This is Bengals minus three or pass for me. Um, I-, I get it's a bad spot. Bengals just had that big comeback win on the road. Now you got to go on the road again. Short week on a Saturday, but it's not a good spot for the Patriots either. They they played, you know, two games in less than a week out west, and the way that the last one ended to essentially knock them out of the out of the playoffs, like minus six seven hundred now to, to miss the playoffs because of that loss in Vegas. The way that that one ended, I just can't see them having it in this game. Um, there we've we've you know talked endlessly about how poorly coached. The offense seems to be this season, the mistakes that they make. I don't know how they're going to keep up with the Bengals in the way they're clicking right now. So this is going to be one of the very square plays of the week, one of the pros versus Joes plays of the week. But uh, I think the the Joes are going to be right this week playing it with the Bengals because I don't see it with that.
4: Yeah, I'm with you, Julian, and I'm also with you. Here on this one as well, though I uh was fortunate to, to to catch it on that that peak up swing at six. The Eagles, uh, you took the five and a half here. I mean, we were just talking about this, you know, nearly for the whole first half hour of the show. But I mean, there's there's this notion, I guess, that there's this massive, massive drop-off from Jalen Hurts to Gardner Minshew. And yes, does it have to change the dynamic at least a little bit from a rushing aspect? It certainly does, but I mean, I guess there is at least an argument and an advanced statistic argument to be made that the pure passer rating between Gardner Minshew and Jalen Hurts is, is pretty close, and if not leaning towards Gardner Minshew, so I don't know. I think this swung a little bit too far. I think the sentiment is kind of more out of sight, out of mind from Gardner Minshew, not really remembering how good he was when he actually did get to play, so I'm with you. I thought it moved too much, and I'm on the Eagles here, too.
6: Yep, you, you hit a lot of good points there, Uh this just swung too much for Hurts. Yes, he's the MVP, um, and yes, his rushing ability does uh, or would have hurt Dallas in this game um, and, and played into a weakness. But Dallas is weak all over the field on, on defense right now. That secondary is really dinged up, and teams have been, have been getting to it. We saw what Trevor Lawrence was able to do just last week in that comeback. So I think the Eagles are going to have no problem moving the ball. They have a good offensive line. They should still be able to run the ball with Miles Sanders, which I don't know why they didn't try to last week against the Bears. Um, Hurts wound up with 17 carries and getting injured, and uh, Sanders didn't touch the ball in the first quarter and wound up with 11 carries. I think they'll get him more involved. And I think guys like A.J. Brown and Von and Smith are going to have good games against that Dallas secondary. So personally, when, when this news came out, I, I – Hit Dallas on the money line at like minus 150. I brought it back, hedged it with some Eagles plus 225 money line. And I've kind of, this is the kind of game that if you're following this news throughout the week, you might have bets all over the place. Mm -hmm. But if you're just asking me, hey, this is where the line is now, give me a bet on this game. Whatever the Eagles are at like plus four and a half or better, I I would say the Eagles are the side with Garner Minshew in there.
3: Again, Julian Edlow joining us right now. Give him a follow at Julian Edlow. Teasers, Julian, this week, there's a lot of opportunities to tease up, to tease down. How are you looking to approach the teasers in week 16?
6: Yeah, I've been a pretty big NFL teaser better over over the years, but this year has not been a year for it. Um, They have not gone well, so I approach them cautiously but like you said it seems like there's a lot of good spots this week for both sides whether you want to tease a dog up through some key numbers and get them you know up from two and a half to eight and a half or go down the other way and get those touchdown favorites just to to win the game so i'm going with a couple favorites i think that tough spot for the niners uh tough spot for for the commanders rather who who have to travel to play at the niners the niners are just really good Uh, I thought that was an awful spot for them against Seattle. They come through easily. Now they have extra time off to prep for this home game. I think they should get it done against Washington. And then Tampa has has issues. But if they can't get this game and they need this game to to stay in front of the division, have the upper hand on a team like Carolina when they go head-to-head, getting Tampa down to minus one-and-a-half against Trace McSwirley and the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona where they don't even win games at home, at this stage of the season, against this defense, if Brady can't get his team to win this game, they're in big, big trouble. So, those are the two sides I'm going with on the six-point teaser.
4: Let's head over to college football. We got Air Force going tonight. You're taking the points and a little. Is this a is this a little sprinkle on the money line, or is this just a uh, is this a full full bet on the money line as well?
6: Uh, I went about two thirds with the points and a third on the money line personally. Um, and I'm sure, as you guys know and have mentioned it on the air, bowl season is when these, these underdogs win. So we had a case the other night. We had, we had a dog cover without winning, but that's, that's kind of rare in bowl season. So anytime you're betting the, the dogs, you want to get some money line in there. But this one opened, I think, 8.5, and, and we've just seen it consistently come down. I, I put it out at 4, uh, Air Force Plus 4. We're at 3.5. I think anything 3.5 or better uh, works for me. Obviously, I believe in them. I'm, I'm playing some money line in there as well. So uh, the split's obviously very lopsided, a lot of money, sharper money. The closer we get to kickoff coming in on, on Air Force. Baylor It just sounds like less motivation in this game, probably going to have some opt-outs. Bad weather in this game, which plays into Air Force's hand, running the ball, playing defense. I think that the Air Force defense is going to be able to limit whoever is on the field for Baylor pretty well, and Air Force should be able to run the ball and uh, get ahead in this game.
3: Kickoff coming up in about three hours. Your latest weather right now 14 degrees, sustained 25 mile an hour winds. That sounds fun, guys.
6: (laughs) Especially going against a triple option team, right? Yeah, I'll admit that's even worse than I thought.
3: So, great. <laughs> yeah, Julian's like, oh, thank you. We'll, we'll happily take that. A total down to 43 in that game as well from about 46, 46.5 on the open. Let's get a couple minutes in on some NBA thoughts. Only two games on the card tonight, but you're already uh, you're grinding away on the card tomorrow for Knicks and Bulls. What do you see as far as some early value there?
6: Yeah, so the Knicks obviously not good uh, against the Raptors team that hadn't been playing well last night. Prior to that, obviously the eight-game winning streak, but the Knicks are the best team on the first-half spread in the NBA, even after that loss last night. They are 23-9 first-half ATS, 12-4 first-half ATS at MSG. Uh, so I think they're going to bounce back and, and start strong against this Bulls team. Bulls team has a couple nice wins on the road trip. They beat a Heat team that was without most of its guys, no Lowry, no Butler. And then they get a buzzer beater to win the game uh, over the Hawks last night. Now the road trip kind of drags on. I don't know if they're still going to have it, and this Bulls team has gotten off to awful starts this year. They are 3-14 first half against the spread on the road. So this is the best first half team in the NBA, it's the worst first half team in the NBA in terms of against the spread. Uh, and one is coming off a couple road wins, and one is coming off a loss. It, it kind of sets up a perfect spot for the Knicks to get off to a, a strong start.
4: Julian we could probably make a case for any of the shorter shots, Jason Tatum, Giannis, Luka, Jokic, I mean all these guys from an MVP standpoint. Uh you know, listen, Joel Embiid certainly has had monster games. He's sitting 11 to 1. Where do you if we gave the award today, where would it be and is there any value in any of these guys further down the board?
6: If we gave it today, man, if you ask me before the weekend, it was definitely Jason Tatum. Two losses to the Magic and a loss to the Pacers later, and I don't know if that one looks quite as good. I- I'll still say it's barely Tatum over Giannis, although that's kind of a coin flip, and and Doncic is certainly the third guy. It's it's uh, The odds are spot on in terms of those three being the top guys, and I would be shocked if one of those three didn't win it. Um, but if you made me keep going down the board, Donovan Mitchell at 28-1, to like... He's not that the Cavs weren't good last year, but he's really turned that team around. And they're a team that's knocking right at the door behind the Bucks and Celtics in the Eastern Conference, a team that I think has a really good chance. So there's only so far you can go down. And I think a guy like Mitchell, I would prefer to your Morant or your Bookers uh, in that neck of the woods when you're looking at the odds.
3: Keep in mind, Giannis and Tatum square off Sunday, Christmas Day. For the, yeah, for the MVP. For the MVP, yes. That's what I'm there. it is, yes. <laughs> for the MVP. That is what that, uh, that, that's <laughs> the winner sticks. just walks off the court with the yeah. trophy. Yeah, and gives the guy it, the MVP it. at the end of yeah. the day. Uh, Julian Edlo from DraftKings, also part of the Unreasonable Odds podcast with our friend Steve Buchanan. I believe our, our uh, colleague Mitch Moss was just uh, on, your, on your guys' podcast today, so we have to check that out. Julian, as always, appreciate the time. Best of luck with the plays this week.
6: Yep, anytime. Thanks for having me, guys.
3: Can't wait to see who lifts that MVP trophy. Someday. Yeah, I know. There, <laughs> there it is. Did, that's the
6: Okay, that's the <laughs> MVP
3: right now is Giannis. <laughs> let's just get, let's get one thing straight.
6: It's
4: Giannis. Uh, it's, I, Giannis. I so it's Giannis. I think so, too. It's I Giannis. think so, too. It's I Giannis. think so, too. Yeah.
3: Okay, when we return, the Circa Millions lines. They are out for week 16. We'll break those down on the other side.
5: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100%
3: sure yet what to write.
4: Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, deputy opinion editor.
3: And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you
0: into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu.
4: Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen.
2: This is v Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatone and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network.
3: This segment of Final Countdown is presented by Zin Nicotine Pouches, the surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Most nicotine pouches are either too complicated to use or don't provide the satisfaction you're looking for, but Zin Nicotine Pouches might surprise you. Zin is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco-leaf-free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of of nicotine satisfaction per hour. If you buy Zin online, you can find a store near you as well at zin.com. That is Z-Y-N.com. Today, warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It is. That's what, that's what the, that's sheet what the of paper says. <laughs> that's says, what it says right in front of me. That's what it uh, says. We're down to the final three weeks, Matt, uh, in circa millions, mm-hmm. week 16. How are you doing in the, in the millions there? I haven't so talked to you about this recently. I went recently. four
4: and one last week. So Good for you. It is uh, – I basically have to go – I have to win out to even get in the – I have oh, to go like okay. 15. Uh, I, I was good enough all year long to I have to care. I couldn't yeah. just pun it. Like, like the last season – about halfway through, I fell so far down, I could just, I just punted it, you know, like no big deal. But now I had to pay attention all year, so I was just lingering. And I'm That's still insane. lingering. That's yeah, tough. I know. I'm still lingering. Our, our our very exclusive Visa and Picorama contest that I don't
3: know that Matt Brown was invited to participate. I was not invited. In. Yeah, yeah, to, to, yeah. uh-huh. I was wow. not
4: invited to wow. be in any. You know, no, no. Uh-uh. Yeah, uh, I, I kind of work here, but kind of not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's so. I'm like, I'm I am in, I'm one game. get some of the emails. Yeah. I don't get all the emails. Like so there's certain
3: policies you haven't <laughs> <there> had to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm one game out of the money in that, which is a, again super exclusive. Super. Yeah. Like a huge, you know, $20 buy-in oh, we're talking, like this really is, big deal. It's a really big deal. Well, I, I, was, I was, not invited. So it's a big week for me. All right. We got it. We're one game out of the money, Matt. We got to, we got to lock in uh, our first look at the millions lines. You were just noticing some big injury news too, coming out of new Orleans. While all of the attention has been toward the weather in Cleveland, lowest total in 14 yeah. years. So about to see with the, with circa millions lines, this could be an opportunity where a line that maybe pushes up to a full three yet you will have an opportunity to play the Browns at under that field goal if you so choose.
4: Yeah, so three big injury things coming out of this game. One, on the Browns side, Nick Chubb, who missed the last two days of practice, back at practice on Thursday, he is a, he is good to go for the Browns in this game. So he is going to play. On the Saints side of things, they put Jarvis Landry on IR, and Chris Olave has been ruled out. So what I also did on the break, because I'm like, hmm, no Olave, no Michael Thomas, no Jarvis Landry, and the weather conditions. So, I uh, I went and looked at Andy Dalton's passing prop. Give me a number. Give me a number. Andy <laughs> Dalton's pass- passing prop. For, what, well, for yards? Yeah. Like
3: 183 and a half? 135 and a half. Oh, God. See, I don't. You, you can tell I don't, I don't do props. 135 oh and a half.
4: For an NFL quarterback. And I thought I
3: was, like, low and 135 cheating.
4: 135 oh. and a half is what his passing prop is <laughs> listed at. So, and he has to throw right-handed. Like he, can't, It's not even like he's forced to throw left-handed. Yeah. Like He gets to throw with his good hand and everything. 135 and a half. It's, it's, and it's not like this is the
3: 1985 big right, defense yes, he's going yeah. against either.
4: No, no. So, <laughs> given the weather and then he have him having no one to throw to at all, 135 and a half in that passing prop. That is unbelievable. Wow. So this would be this
3: of the numbers that would certainly jump out as a potential. Now the number has not yep. gone off at two and a half yet, but just keep that in mind going forward. There's yeah, I mean, also, I like the Browns for sure. Yeah. I mean,
4: strictly because listen, if we're, if we're one, nobody to throw to on the Saints side. Two, if this if this weather holds and we're pretty close at this point, like to kick off. I mean, we're 48 hours out. I mean, I imagine these guys kind of know where this is going to stand, and we haven't seen anything otherwise on the on the Twitter machine or anything. If it's a game of turnaround, hand the ball off a million times, I'll take the team that has the two really good running backs as opposed to the team that only has the one good running back. And if it turns out that there's going to be 50 carries for each team in this game or 50-plus carries for each team in this game, you can split that up a little bit better between Chubb and Hunt than you can in just Alvin Kamara over and over and over and over again. So, I mean, I think there's a pretty clear advantage here for the Browns in this one, even though it is – a very high variance game, I should mention. Like, mm-hmm. anytime we're playing in these conditions, yeah. weird things can happen, right? But it seems like the way that the, the style is likely to play out in this game, it seems like it favors the Browns yeah. anyway. When you have gusts of 60 miles yeah. an hour, yeah. there
3: is the potential for weird things to happen. Should point out, too, the market saw that 31.5 number yesterday and said, we don't care about the weather. That that thing's too low. <laughs> we're yeah. up to 32.5 at, at a lot of the shops. The other point worth making is we talked – for circa millions or whatever contest you're in for strategy. Now that we're into the final three weeks, you look at a game like Bengals Patriots, it's mm-hmm. Bengals minus three. It's a number that's going to be very attractive to a lot of people laying the three with Cincinnati. But if you are in a position like you or I are in, you know, on, on the precipice of needing to make a run, do you risk pushing a game that is on a key number like that? Even if you have yeah. conviction on a team like
4: Cincinnati, Yeah, there's definite strategy involved when it gets to, to this point. Right. And so for me, I will do two different things. What I've mainly done throughout the course of the season is I try to just mirror my bets. I'm making in real life as close as possible. If the lines were somewhat still the same, right? I mean, like I, I bet a lot early in the week. And so sometimes there's a big line change, which it does alter the way I even view a game. But as long as the line is relatively close, I try to kind of mirror what I do during the week. And then it's a decent little look at kind of how my entire season went. Well, Now you get to a point, I can't do that anymore because there is game theory involved. And like not only is it a push standpoint, but I'm trying to, which I'm pretty bad at actually, is trying to identify which ones are going to be popular and then either avoiding those games altogether or going on the other side, even though I don't have conviction in the other side, but just kind of, again, playing some game theory when it comes to all that. So... Likely won't play Cincinnati, even though I have that in the account and really love that side this yeah. week. Strictly because, like you mentioned, one likely to be a popular side, especially given what we just heard that you know eighty five percent of the bets are are on them. So mm-hmm. I'll probably just fade that game altogether because I really don't want to come in on the Patriot side because I actually think there's there is a chance that Cincinnati wins at margin in this one. But um, th- it's a good point for you to bring up that at least if you have a half point ticked on either on one side or the other in these games, you're going to win or lose. So it does save you that where you can like gain some ground or whatever. Cause like getting those little half points in this contest, it's like, it's better than losing for sure, but it can really, really affect you like down Mm -hmm.
3: the line. Oh, no question. I I don't usually use that as a, like, I'm not going to play this game because it's at three when it's Mm -hmm. early in the year. I think I have, five pushes yeah. this season. Cause but, you got to get in a position to get cash anyway. G- you have to like pick the games yeah, you like, but yeah. you, you have to weigh that factor so much higher mm. once you're into the final three, four weeks of the year. Mm. I at least i would I would say, and that's been borne out over time if you're the more often you're putting yourself in positions to sacrifice a win for just a half point, that could be the difference between getting in the money or being on the outside
4: looking in well, the thing is too is like you know over the course of a season you only get, you get one point for a win and a half point for a loss if you end up pushing four games over the course of a season, I mean like two whole points in this contest, it doesn't sound like a lot, but like it's it's, it's a ton. lot yeah it's a lot it's a, it's a, it's a really big I mean, I can shoot you up like hundreds of positions sometimes, just just two points. And so, if you can avoid, you know, pushing, obviously, that's the best way to do it. And you also say, trying to figure out,
3: especially now, what what are the from a standings point of view, Mm -hmm. not only avoiding the games that are going to potentially be on key numbers, but what are the games that you feel like a lot of people will be will looking be looking on? And you look at all the numbers on the board here you would you would naturally gravitate toward Cowboys Eagles being a game that's pretty heavily played at, with the difference of opinion based on the ping pong mm-hmm. nature of the market that's the one that stands out to me what other games are you thinking that get targeted pretty heavily in the contest my
4: my again just just my guess is i think we will probably see people pretty involved like in that in that Dolphins game in the Packers. Now, one way or the other, I don't know if it's going to be back in the Packers or back in the Dolphins, but I, it's the, it's two teams in which the Packers last time we saw them look a little bit better. Of course, Aaron Rodgers in that offense getting going a little bit more. Two and the Dolphins have been kind of flying high all year long, and they actually hang with the they hang with the Bills as well. So, mm. I think that's going to be a game in which people have. A conviction one way or another. Yeah. I think that like, somebody, like, people are gonna be like, oh, other side of a field goal, I'll take that with the Packers all day. Or, wow, the Dolphins are getting undervalued here, you know, being at home against this Packers the, team. Yeah. So I think there's gonna be a lot of that going on with that.
3: Placeholder game. line of six before Monday night. Yeah.
4: I get it. The mm-hmm. Dolphins defense has been atrocious, but isn't that a bit? bit rich down to three and a half. I, I mean, know. come on. I know. It really is. It really is. Oh, come it on. Seems, it, seems pretty, it seems pretty wacky to You're me. You're talking to, like,
3: Mr. Wisconsinite loves his cheese head, you know, get the beer brats out, you know, do the polka and everything. But no, I don't I don't
4: see it. I know. You know one of the weirdest things, too, is like it, I was looking today, the Packers' offense since week 10 is the number three EPA per play offense in the NFL, which I thought was just completely wacky because it didn't feel like it's been clicking mm-hmm. As like as well as it I guess, you know, again that the, the underlying metrics tell us that it has. Of course that's not adjusted for opponent and we have to take into account right. that they have played some pretty weak teams over the last couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, that's just they're, it's been a little bit more efficient, I guess, than I even thought.
3: Yeah, and now mm-hmm.
4: with wide receivers one through five mm-hmm. and running backs one through
3: two healthy, it could be a positive sign for the offense.
4: As we wrap up our number one time for our pro tip.
3: Good thing to keep in mind going forward, even if is we focus on the bets that have long term high winning value just because there's maybe a brief spell where those don't do all that. Don't, don't do all that. Well, don't shy away from the bets that have the long-term value <laughs> just because there's a brief streak where there's high variance and it maybe goes the other way. It's a good pro tip to keep in mind as we go down the stretch in the NFL season and, uh, and with other sports as well, getting into that uh, holiday season. A lot going on right now in the betting space. Uh, we still have a lot to oh, get to in our number Quentin two. Quinn Williams ruled out. Tonight, according to Adam Schefter down there. Okay. We just do that in our uh, decent studio here at the South. When we come back, we'll see how that impacts the prop market tonight. There are some edges to be had in Jaguars-Jets. We'll discuss that. Also have Thor Nystrom join us to talk some college football bowl games in hour number two.
5: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment